You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Thursday, it's the double-headed dream team edition. Tonight I'm speaking to David Shapiro from Sassarin Securities in Johannesburg and also Viv Govender from Rand Swiss in Johannesburg as well. Um, Viv, I'll start with you because we had a surprise this afternoon. I'll give you an example of how surprising it was. I went to a couple of institutions, a couple of economists, and I said, can we have a post South African Reserve Bank rate decision interview? And they said, nah, everyone knows it's going to be 25 basis points. It's boring. We're flogging a dead horse here. And of course, they came out with a 50 basis point rise, half a percent to seven and three quarters percent. What did you make of that, Viv? very aggressive and to see how big it is look at the currency move it was one and a half percent uh within what was like half an hour or so uh that's a lot of money in in currency markets so the market really was caught uh you know off guard uh, on that uh you know if you had predicted it you would have made a lot of money uh very aggressive uh speech very hawkish speech uh one thing that got my attention was the fact that he mentioned that from his point of view, he considers the neutral real interest rate to be two and a half percent. It's currently still below two percent. So in his mind, he's just being slightly less accommodative, not really, you know, tightening at the moment. So yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty aggressive speech he brought through. So what you're saying is that inflation is at six percent. He's only one and three quarters percent above that when it comes to the repo rate. Is that the point where you were trying to make? Yeah, and he thinks that being 2.5% above the inflation rate is where you'd be if you were neutral. That means you don't want to be aggressive or contractionary. So he's pretty aggressive, I would think. You know, that would imply an 8-plus percent, uh, an 8.5 percent, uh, you know, interest rate, basically. Okay. Uh, David, as some of the comments from uh, the governor. Uh, he said, uh, electricity and other administrative prices are a risk to the upside for inflation. Um, and he just generally talked about the fact that inflation is going higher. And you know that they know the numbers before we do, and they are forward-looking. They don't look back at what's happened over the last two to three months. They look forward at what they think is going to happen. So that's quite interesting. So we've got a situation where we've got inflation rising in South Africa or potentially staying quite high and uh, growth projected to be 0.2% by the World Bank. That's a sort of a mini stagflation, isn't it? Yeah, you can... Whatever description you want to give, you can. All it means is that I look at it uh, from a slightly different angle. Yeah. Uh, if you look, your prime rate now is going to be 11 and a quarter. No economy can survive where you're borrowing money at those kind of levels. Uh, maybe that's the intention to kill borrowing. But, I mean, this is not, a, this is not an economy that is exactly running away. This is an economy that's already on its knees. Um, so I, I, I really don't understand what the intention is. And, and the thing is that, Lindsay, if you look at the JSC, it looks like it's all up. But I did an exercise today, which I'm doing for a talk. Yes. And in, in just it's an internal talk. So I was taking out numbers. And 70, over 70, my number was 73% of the JSC actually is made up of companies that do less than 25% of their business in South Africa. In fact, a vast number of them do very little. So the JSC is not reflective of what's happening on Main Street or on the ground. When we look at what's happening on Main Street on the ground, when you look at the banks and retailers, they're coming under pressure. You know, you can see that it's not, you know, if you look at the JSE, it's, it, it's mining shares which picked up because uh, of what's happening in the U.S. And, and, and in Europe and so on. Those markets are firm. So, yes, it's going to translate into 
to uh, decent demand for our mine shares. But I mean, I, 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 I'm not an economist. I understand what Viv says. I understand all those equations. But I, you, this, this economy is all dead. You know, all you're doing is making it deader. <laughs> yes, well, this is, this is why I, I'll throw this out to both of you. This is why I don't quite, and I understand that in Finland and in Taiwan and in all the, all the other the big central banks, they're raising rates. But when I look at South Africa, it's a unique economy. Uh, it, it, you cannot compare South Africa with a, a, a developed world uh, European country or the United States of America or wherever it is. Yeah. Um, and so is it appropriate that rates are going up? Do we have to keep inflation under control? I know inflation is the enemy to everybody because prices go up on your shopping basket is this and that. But I think there's a, there should be a healthy debate on whether we should be slavishly following the other banks just because they're doing it. Viva, bring you in on this one. Interesting point mentioning these uh, other countries. I mean, look at Kenya yesterday. It also did a surprise, expected a quarter. They did 7.75. Uh, this was Kenya. Uh, they did three times more than expected, basically. Uh, I, I think there is fears. I think he's, he's seeing something in the inflation number that's worrying him. Yes. And he's trying to step by and step up. And I, like he mentioned here, and I think the fear he has is something around what's happening in Ghana at the moment, what happened recently in Sri Lanka, where you have this collapse in terms of your you know, ability to to borrow because your you know, inflation is out of control, etc. And then you have, obviously, you know, the kind of disaster that happened in Sri Lanka and, and, uh, and Ghana uh, to a lesser extent. So I think that's kind of like what's on his mind. He's, he's, he's been very, very, I mean, his mandate is to protect the rod, is to protect against inflation. This is, this, it's, it's kind of his, his, uh, what he's after. And of course, you know, the economy afterwards. And he's definitely taking the inflation and protecting the rod very strongly. Uh, so in other words, he's got, he's got his mandate and he has to sit in a bubble, almost, has, he can't sit in a bubble, but he has to say, right, I'm protecting the currency, I'm custodian of the currency, and I also have to keep inflation under control. And uh, fiscal policies are the ones that should keep the economy going. Uh, and Viv, just answer, answer that comment of mine, please. Yeah, look, I mean, he does have a mandate to also keep the, the economy growing as well. But, you know, quite frankly, you know, I think he's more old school than that. And I, I I, I don't know which, which is right. Uh, is David right or is he right? Uh, because, you know, y y yes, we are on our knees. In fact, I would argue that we're trying to get back up onto our knees in South Africa at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that is, that, but we are definitely better off than some of the real, you know, I mean, we, we've fallen like, you know, very slowly and very, you know, cautiously. Uh, we haven't had the collapses. I mean, like, you've had some high-flying countries that have done really, really well. And they'll come down very quickly. Yeah, like I mentioned, Ghana and Sri Lanka, these countries were growing much, much faster than us, but their falls were also much faster than us. And we have not had that catastrophic failure despite all our weaknesses in South Africa. And I don't know which is worse, you know, not trying to grow fast or, you know, making sure we don't avoid that, uh, that kind of, uh, you know, total crunch that we've seen there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know I, Lindsay, I just, I think Lindsay, the one point, Yeah, go on, sorry about that. Go on. Which is just, I just want to get this in. You know, we, he talks about the electricity price. Electricity prices because of theft. Mm. You know, it's because of corruption. It's, you know what I mean? It's not because of a high demand. <laughs> I wish there was high demand. This is, this is trying to get Eskom in line with uh, trying to get income into Eskom because it's failing, because the government has to bail out. It's got nothing to do with inflation. This is not demand-driven pricing. This is just kind of trying to balance the books. 
So, you know, and, and that, that forms much of South Africa's inflation where, where, wherever you look. Um, the, the, the food prices are the result of uh, load shedding. You, know, it's, uh, you can attribute it directly to, the, to, to fresh vegetables, etc., where a lot of producers have been affected because of load shedding and so on. So, I, I, you know, this is not inflation in the normal sense. But um, listen, I, you know, Viv sounds very convincing. I think he's got a lot of good. He's got a lot of good arguments there. But I'm just back. You know, no, I, I understand what you're saying from a completely intellectual point of view, and it makes yeah. sense. But I mean, from a from a man on the street point of view, for those poor people who are battling even to pay the taxi fares or or battling to to go to Shoprite and buy their vegetables, all of a sudden they now have to pay a little bit extra. Which is going to take that little bit extra from their uh, from their tummies? It's not going to affect Viv and me. You know we're okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. No, but it it, it hits the poor uh, a lot harder than it's going to to hit uh, you know to, to hit the middle class. And when I see these interest rate rises. I, I look at I look at the things you've all, you've mentioned. You've mentioned electricity prices. You've mentioned um, vegetable, fresh vegetable prices, yeah. uh, fuel prices. And I look at those and I think of one word: inelastic. You're not going to suddenly mm. say, "Okay, I'm going to cut off my electricity until prices yeah. uh, come down." I'm not going to pay the new ESCOM tariff. Uh, I'm not going to uh, cut back on, you know, a, a, a basket of vegetables. Maybe I'll buy uh, some, some. Maybe I'll switch to a different supermarket and buy cheaper ones or something like that. But these are inelastic prices. And does a 50 basis point rise? affect people's demand because that is essentially what they, they try to do when they raise interest rates bring down demand so prices come down and i don't know i don't know if it works i don't know if it works in south africa anyway viv yes i look i agree on that it's 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 technically the wrong thing unfortunately in south africa if there's a problem it doesn't matter what the problem causes the solution is is the only tool he has in his hand is his hammer he's going to whack with the hammer you know that's the only thing he can do he can't go and hit the people on the head for escob he can't do basically the uh the stuff that's required to get things fixed uh and 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 that's true uh look i mean uh i'm i'm a fan of him i'm just i do just say that for i i think it's a tragedy that we have idiots in parliament and this guy not there. You know, really to be a, a politician in Africa, he's he's, he's competent. He is he's, he knows yeah. what he wants to do, and he and he and he's look, he's he's, he's head and shoulders above uh, the politicians around this country. Uh, it, it, like I can see from uh, from uh, you no know, <laughs> from from anyone any of the leaders of the parties I can see around. But yeah, uh, look, uh, I do think that. In a country like South Africa, where we have this weakness, and this weakness is, like you mentioned, we have external funding needs. We can't afford for our currency to basically, you know, depreciate, uh, to inflation get out of control, etc. Because that that turns into a a, a bit of a, a a spiral. The spiral turns out into the currency getting weaker. Uh, example I give, I like, I like to look at these other countries like Ghana, for instance. The city weakened, you know, like almost like you know, fifty, hundred percent, basically, in a period of a year. You know, the, the impact that had in terms of internal financing, in terms of imports, in terms of functioning of the country were gigantic. Uh, you could look at Turkey, which I don't know how that's running as, as a country, quite frankly. That's that's a country that's running, 
on like it's like one of those things in cartoons where you don't have to cliff and you keep on running because you're not looking down. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the the currency has weakened basically. Uh, you know, I think like six hundred percent in like six or seven years, right? Um, when you don't basically follow up and do what is the market expects you with interest rates or not aggressive enough with interest rates and. As much as high interest rates can hurt, I think a 600% depreciation in your currency over like a six, seven-year period is going to have a much worse impact. And from his point of view, he's trying to prevent prevent the worst of impact because, uh, you know, yes, we are in trouble at the moment, but we are not a collapsed economy right now. And I think that's what he's trying to prevent uh, by doing this. Okay, good points, gentlemen. We I'll see. buy that argument. I'm, yeah, I'd buy I'm, that. I'm a big fan. No, I'm a big fan of Lesetra. I think that... Um, and in all, thank goodness for Treasury and thank goodness for the Reserve Bank. But uh, the point I make, perhaps, you know, should it have been 50, could not have been 25 or maybe delayed a little bit and just, you know, um, is it is it gained? You know, Lindsay, I always say it's like we're losing, this economy is losing 5 nil. Doesn't matter if we lose 6 nil. You know, it doesn't <laughs> matter anymore. We've lost. So I'm I'm a bit concerned about, Politically, what this does, you know, what this does to people and how difficult it is to uh, to turn things around. But um, as I say, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, it's it, it doesn't affect me as much as it's going to affect certainly um, perhaps lower income earners and people who are indebted, whether they're buying, you know, whether they're paying off their houses or their motor cars and so on. But uh, we live, look, the RAND 1780, whatever it is, it's, it has improved. But the rest of the market's down, Lindsay. It's not, uh, and you can see it in the in the retailers and you can see it in the uh, in the banks and other, and food companies and so on. We'll come to that in a second. But uh, meanwhile, mm. David, stay with you on the company front. A couple of, um, uh, a couple of announcements today. Metair, very late with their December year-end yeah. uh, numbers. Um, I, I haven't looked at the share price this afternoon. I know it was down a fraction this morning after the results. Then you had York Timber. Uh, probably both of those companies you don't look at. I, you know, Metair I've followed for some time. Um, if you remember the history of Metair, it was owned by the Vessels family. Um, and and this this was a company that was really supporting uh, Toyota, the Vessel family here, deeply involved there. And I've always followed them, but they were hurt by the floods that took place in in Natal, where all the, uh, the you know the the Toyota production was almost wiped out, and they have a direct connection with that. And uh, you know there were other problems with their battery operations in outside of the country as well, which are also Turkey. connected to the original yeah, Turkey. So I, it, it's a company that I think will recover. I was a bit surprised that their CEO uh, resigned after two years. Uh, Hafeji, he was, he was brought in to perhaps correct the company and so on, and he suddenly left or was given his resignation. So there's something there that's perhaps also – not right, you know. We when 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 CEOs suddenly leave to pursue their own interests, you know that there's another story mm. uh, around it. But um, it, it's a fairly decent business, but just just hurt by circumstances, uh, particularly in South Africa. Okay, the other one is Nampak, and um, we have to mention that a trading update yeah. came out. Share price got whacked. Last time I looked, it was down six and a third percent. It's so volatile. The sappies and the Nampex and the Mondies and all these all these sort of things to do with paper and, and packaging—they're all over the place all the time, David. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think if you look at NAMPAC, it has a market value, I think, of less than a billion rand. Oh. And this was a company, yeah, it, it's, it, it doesn't even qualify as a small cap anymore. I don't know what you call it, a micro cap now, Probably. which is tragic. I don't, I don't say that in, in a cynical way. I just say it in a tragic way that a company of its stature and nature finds itself uh, in, in this position now. And uh, yes, they've been hurt by circumstances, but you can't ignore that this company has been managed downwards you know, to where it is. In fact, I'm just looking at the market cap now, 642 million rand. I mean, that's nothing. That is, uh, that's, that's, that's really as pathetic. With operations that it had all over Africa, that was one of the, you know, the biggest packaging businesses in South Africa. And, uh, to see where it is now, you know, we have to we have to look at the people that have brought it uh, to this point. Okay, I bet you when you when you joined the JSC, Nampak was something that you traded quite frequently. I, I would imagine one of one of those stocks no, that have fallen from it, grace it now. It dominated the consumer side. Mm. It was a huge business, together with Cola, together with Consul, together with other of those packaging businesses, and uh, to see where it is now, I mean, it's just tragic. Yeah. Oh well. I I say that in a, in a hurt way, you know. Just say, oh my God, <laughs> what's happened? Right. I can say the same for Huleman as well. I can say sure. it for a lot of business. Marie and Roberts. We could keep going. I wonder what it is. I wonder, Viv, what do you think it is? Do you think it's a South African story because of the demise of the local economy, or do you think it's a management story, or do you think it's um, I don't know, just competition from from elsewhere and South Africa not keeping up? Viv, you you would you know I mean I heard you say uh, you made a, a groan when David said Huleman because that's from your part of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it's 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 management. Management, of course, has gotten aggressive in some cases. I mean, we're seeing the the kind of stuff happening there. It's it's also you know bad luck with regards to some of the stuff that occurred elsewhere in Africa and so on. But I mean, look, it's it's. You can always have these failures in any economy, but you need to have a strong economy for you to have, you know, these failures not mean as much. I mean, you have plenty of companies fail in the U.S. You have, you know, like, you know, massive companies in the U.S. go under, you know, like Exxon back in the day, et cetera, et cetera. They, and they don't become like, you know, perpetual, like, you know, millstones of the economy because you have the Facebooks and the Apples and the Googles taking their place. It's in Africa, we've had all these failures, but we haven't had the replacements, and that's the problem. And mm. that is why we are seeing such negativity here. It's because, you know, if we had a couple, like, new, you know, Naspers and a new, you know, Sassel and a new, or whatever, I remember back in the day, this, you know, uh, but, you know, obviously, you know, the market just churns, we have the new things coming about to take their place. Uh, th that would be a totally different story. It's the fact that we've seen these industrial companies fall. We haven't seen a replacement come through. And and right now, the thing is that I don't know who's investing in South Africa at the moment. I mean, who's brave enough to go out and put down, you know, hundreds of millions of, or billions into a plant to invest in this country at the moment? Uh, you know, uh, it, it's going to be very difficult to do that. You might have some of the government stuff like the U.S. and stuff putting money in, uh, but you don't see like, you know, like a like a like a like an investor coming in and South Africa is a new opportunity, uh, and, and and bring money in. And even before this happened, you know the recent turtle turmoil and stuff. I mean, I remember looking at the number of uh, unicorns, these financial unicorns in Africa, and there were like half a dozen of them. None of them were in South Africa, hmm. which made you know it, it it was it was quite it's crazy just how many were coming from certain neighborhoods in Nigeria, and nothing was happening in South Africa, which is surprising considering just how advanced our financial uh, you know infrastructure is that we couldn't generate one. Uh, it's uh, it uh, it's quite surprising. 
Yeah, it certainly is, and the sobering thoughts. Okay, let's have a look at what's happened on the markets today. You mentioned the rand earlier on, both of you. Uh, the rand, yeah, it's uh, the the dollar has fallen one and a third percent against the rand. Currently seventeen eighty five. British pound against the rand twenty two ten, which is a near one percent fall for the pound, and the euro rand is 19.47 which is a 0.8% fall for the euro the euro dollar meanwhile uh, the euro has gained 0.6% against the dollar 10905 <clears throat> excuse me and the pound is 12375 against the us dollar on to commodities now the gold price is up 9 to 19.75 dollars an ounce platinum is up 26 to 9.92 and palladium is 14.70 which is 41 dollars better what about the oil price? Let's have a look at that. Yeah, it's doing okay. It's up 1.1%. Brent crude at $79.13. West Texas crude $73.99 at 1.4%. Natural gas prices, having had a real surge over the last month, is now falling back again, uh, approaching two BTUs, um, down 3.1%. And elsewhere, not much going on at all. As for the Treasury markets, well, this is interesting. Uh, the US 10-year is doing absolutely nothing. It's 3.56%. But the South African 10-year, of course, with that surprise rate hike, 9.93%, which is 11.5 basis points higher in yield terms than yesterday. S&P 500 futures, another good day. It's been a terrific week for Wall Street, and David will be rubbing his hands together because of that. Uh, up 0.5% at 4,078. You'll tell me in a minute. Um, uh, Bitcoin's also had a great time, despite that Binance uh, story. It's bounced back from that very smartly. 28,413. It's off its highs, but it's still up 0.4% today. And yeah, that's it, David. What do you make of the, the US? I mean, last week I said there's much more to come on the downside. And of course, as soon as I said that, the market reversed and went shooting up. You, you, you know, Lindsay, I think that uh, um, you're, you're not alone in your voice. We heard Joanne yesterday. I loved yesterday. She's great and she's very articulate and mm. has, her, has her arguments well presented or are well presented. But um, the problem is that we have so many warning signals out there from uh, analysts and economists warning us that, uh, you know, this can't continue. Um, we've got it all wrong. The market's wrong. Uh, earnings are going to come under pressure. Uh, we're going into a recession. You know, all the bearish comment and the market's just shrugging it off, particularly tech hmm. just keeps, um, you know, keeps going stronger. So I've, you know, I've been in the camp where I've got one foot in each camp, I'm saying, okay, I'm invested now, but I'm listening to these people because I'm a bit nervous that uh, they've got a lot more letters after their name. They've got, you know, they sit in offices that are a lot higher than mine with plush carpets and they've got a huge view. And I'm saying, well, you know, I, okay, I've got to listen to them, but, but they're getting it wrong, you know, or certainly up to now, it seems to be wrong. And that's that's the point. The market's telling us something else, Lindsay. And I, I'm, you know, I, the, the market's saying rates are going to come down, things are going to get better. The NASDAQ from the 28th of December, the NASDAQ 100 is now up over 20%. And for some reason, everybody says that's a bull market. You know, I've never heard of this before. This is something new. And certainly in my lifetime, I on think the it's its best quarter for. I saw the statistic this morning. It's NASDAQ's best quarter for goodness knows how many years. Yeah, a, a, a long time. Yeah. Obviously, off a yeah, low this, base. This bull market, you know, mm. this is a bull market. It's up 20%. For, I said, I've never heard that nonsense before. You know, it's up. It's nice that it's up, but. 
But, you know, to say 20% now means that we're in a new bull market, I don't know. I don't think anybody believes that. But anyway, I'm happy that it is up 20%. Mm-hmm. Of course you are. Um, okay, on the JSC, <laughs> on the JSC today, um, uh, let's have a look at some individual stops. <laughs> Hammerson up 6.1%, Kumba Iron Ore up 35 Anglo Gold Ashanti 3.1% to the good. Uh, is that Shaftesbury Capital? Yes, it is um, yes. Uh, 3% higher. And Bites up 2.9%. Downside, Roynet down nearly 3%. Textana down two and three quarters. Transaction Capital down two point six percent. HCI a one and three quarters percent loser. And British American Tobacco down one point seven percent. You're not, Viv. You're not someone who you're. You're very intellectual and very academic when we have these these chats, which I love. Um, so you're not really a pundit. But I'm going to put, put your pundit hat on for a moment and take your professorial hat off. And, and what, what do you think of the markets in general? Yeah, I've never really asked you that question. I'm too scared to do so. No, no, I, I do think things go up in the future. And we, and we are likely entering another one of those phases in which a month, an immense amount of value is going to be created in the next couple of years. There's just about two or three areas of scientific you know, advancement that's happening right now, each of which is on its own equivalent to like, you know, an internet or a computer revolution. We see what's happening with AI, we see what's happening with biotech, we see what's happening in a number of different fields around, you know, self-driving vehicles, electrical vehicles, and a whole bunch of different things. So yeah, I'm positive about the future, um, unless of course everything goes dead and when the AI kills us all. Uh, but short of that, I think I'm reasonably positive. Uh, short of time, I'm not so sure. I mean, as an economist, I always remember listening back in the day when they talked about the lag with monetary policy. And you know, you have that 18-month lag. <laughs> and we haven't yet hit the 18-month lag for much of the rate hikes that have happened in the last year. Uh, so, you know, you, you could very well be seeing a lot of the hikes, that the impact of the hikes that we had last year happening at the start of next year, you know? Yeah. Uh, you can think about it from that, that point of view. Yeah. Lindsay, you know, just listening to Viv, because I've been doing quite a bit of work and reading and documenting and that. And I'm, I'm on Viv's side uh, in terms of what lies ahead from a technological advancement. I didn't understand AI. And I started to read and go into it. And when you realize how this is going to help productivity in the sense that a scientist can get answers a lot quicker than having to search, you know, through pages of, of research, etc. You know, coders, people who are doing coding can probably multiply their efficiencies by three times. So, you know, we've looked at the chat GPT and GPT-4 and so on as, as toys. You know, we're asking, make a poem about Lindsay Williams, you know, things like that, and it'll come out with Please some don't. lyrics or something. Mm. <laughs> but but <laughs> the, <laughs> the point, you know, the point I'm making is that this is breakthrough stuff in every respect, and I don't think we fully discounted it. And this is what's exciting me, you know. And likewise, I just went into a whole report on on medical devices, you know, about uh, progress in cardiovascular, in diabetes, and everything. These are huge, huge uh, movements, and and so on. And I think maybe the market's telling us that, you know, this is this is much more exciting than worrying about Jay Powell or something. So I'm quite excited about where we are. You know, I'm excited about on the consumer side. And, and David, yeah. it, 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 it's this. My brother sent it to me this morning. Maybe I'm way out of date. Maybe it's been out for six months, and I'm a dinosaur. But it's 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 a product by Samsung. 
and I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a it's like a, a, a slightly larger um, speaker, a, a smart speaker. Yeah. But it projects onto onto your wall a television. You don't need a television screen anymore. You it, oh. <laughs> you attach it to your um, your 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 TV service, whatever it is, your Netflix, whatever you whatever you've got. And it just blasts it onto any wall you like, and it's, it's portable, so you can go around. You can be in the bathroom, uh, sitting on the loo, and you can watch. Yeah. And you can watch um, Arsenal lose the championship to Manchester City. <laughs> that, 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 that sort of thing, and and it's also a smart speaker. So you say to it, "Please watch um, Arsenal Man City." Uh, yeah. and, and and it'll do that. And I thought, yeah, I know. what happens to the, t if mm. this is true, and if it does take off, what happens to all the infrastructure of television sets? I mean, they go yeah, completely out the window. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, there's a constant yeah. progression of technology, and it, it could be things like um, uh, the thing that Viv is um, so keen on, ChatGPT, and he thinks that's the future of the world. Uh, but this this changes all sorts of other things. It's like banks and bricks and mortar. Banks and bricks and mortar are no more, really. Mm. And this may be no more bricks and mortar for televisions. They're they're out the window. They'll be on uh, on rubbish tips in the next uh, few years. I don't know. That excites me, David. No, I'm with you. I think I think there's huge gains. The gains we've got to look for from an economic point of view is uh, productivity gains, hmm. where technology helps us uh, increase productivity and therefore bring down costs and, and 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 inspire growth or trigger growth. You know, we didn't get it with social media. You know, uh, it, it it was like a decade of of lots of good companies, but I, I didn't really trigger massive growth in in economies but i think this will i think this is a different shift and and the other thing that 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 happens when you've got electric vehicles and all those other things is is infrastructure you know you've got to build new infrastructure which is always uh drives growth so i'm 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 quite excited about i just got to live you know Lindsay, you've got to take my age, you know. You know, I can't, I can't ignore that. You know, I've got to read short stories. I can't read these long novels. You know, <laughs> that's a good analogy. I'm going to put something out, guys. Yeah, you're thinking. Well, this is this isn't like the, the, like a new television. This is, I mean, in terms of what is possible here, yeah, this is like the agricultural revolution. This is like oh. the invention of the steam engine. You know, yeah. uh, that's the kind of productivity gains you'll be seeing. I mean, uh, I think Kathy Wood is a bit of a, a super optimist talking about, you know, 40-50% GDP growth per year. But I'm, if, if AI works out, right, if, if it really does, you know, work out according to the projections of the guys that are looking at the field and so on, you could be seeing the U.S. growing at 10 plus percent mm. a year for many years, 10 plus percent growth in the U.S., can you imagine what that looks like in terms of, you know, global wealth, global GDP uh, product, you know, that kind of stuff? Uh, the can you imagine if, if you had a country like the U.S. growing that wealthy? That means the average American is doubling in wealth every seven years, you know. Mm. Uh, so, so like in your lifetime, you could be ten times wealthier than you were uh, when you were born. Uh, so, uh, in fact, your lifetime might be ten times more than when you were born, according mm. uh, to projections, because you'd have access to medicines that you know you'd have like the world's greatest doctors all focused on your healthcare if you had AI working properly. Uh, so, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, this kind of stuff is is truly um, you know monumental, and I think I'm 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 I was shocked at just how fast this stuff happened in the last year or so. Yeah. When ChatGPT came out, I was okay. Chat uh, GPT came out, I was like, oh, wow, Dali, wow. The, the latest stuff. I mean, the I did a report on AI just recently. 
in the last two weeks, I mean, just to give you a little bit of relief. The last two weeks, we had, on, on the, uh, two weeks ago on Thursday, we had uh, GPT-4 announced. Then we had Adobe announcing its own thing. Then NVIDIA announced this foundations thing. And then we had BARD come out. And then we had MidJourney coming out with a new thing. The amount of, of new things that happened in the last two weeks was probably more than I've seen in like the last year previously. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and the, and the, the sad thing is, David, all that uh, wealth creation and ten percent growth in the United States uh, every single year, we're not going to see it. Nah. You and oh. I are not going to see it. Viv may see the tail end of it. All we're getting is two, three percent. I mean, I can't believe it. I've I've been conned. No. Damn. Okay, uh, David, <laughs> let's get back to reality now. And uh, Viv's uh, utopian world can be pushed aside for a while. David, <laughs> David, can you please give me the closing JSC yeah. indices and a bit of a Wall Street update? We came down, actually. We came down quite sharply once the announcement was made at about 3 o'clock. Uh, we'd still ended positive, but uh, well off the high. So the all share ended up 0.29% at 76.705. And... A lot of the growth came from a lot of the movement, sorry, came from the mining stocks. And that's because of uh, what we are seeing, a return to growth or a hopeful growth of those, those commodity prices that you mentioned, I think, just lifted our market. This has nothing to do with uh, interest rate rises here. Um, so the resource index, the resource 10 was up 1.29% and the broader resource index up 1.21%. And then the rest of the market kind of flat to negative. You know, we did, again, you're talking about on the industrial side where that was influenced by our offshore giants and that. So um, our industrial index, in fact, the industrial index down was flat. I'm going to call it down 0.01%. Uh, consumer discretionary, though, up 0.4%. Banks up 0.1%, very, very, in a very slight. So I think if you go through, you mentioned a lot of those shares. I think broadly, SA Inc. was under a bit of pressure, whereas the foreign side of this market was quite strong. Okay. And quickly on Wall Street, what have you got? We've got the market quite firm. Um, uh, I just see that the NASDAQ has uh, moved a over 12,000, over that 12,000 marks. I'll give you the S&P at the moment is up uh, a half a percent at 4047. Mm. And the NASDAQ up 0.70% at 12,009. Yeah, so they're strong. And also European markets very strong as well, all up around about 1%. So generally, very good day internationally. Very good. Okay, a nice pre-Easter rally. Gentlemen, thanks so much for a very stimulating chat. Viv Govender is from Rand Swiss. David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities. And that was the five o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.